to enter a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense. Where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass-kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Bullshito headquarters in Austin, Texas, this is the Art of Fighting BS podcast. Science is interesting. You don't agree, you can fuck off. Let's do this. Alec Woods here, and you might know him from, well, a lot of crap. If you're a Bullshito, you know, member, you just know him. Uh, Scrapper also uh, has published more than a, a handful of science fiction books, and, uh, at least one engineering book. One book on engineering. One, one engineering book, and then uh, one book on um, Viking essays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> Viking essays. Nice. And um, also uh, the more relevant to the discussion that we're having here, um, the probably the best take on the Kyle Rittenhouse shootings uh, that uh, uh, took place. God, I don't even know what what timeline at are august. we in it was it was just august like just a couple months ago august i believe so fuck it feels like two years ago now oh, <laughs> my head hurts um so yeah so i mean those those went pretty viral they got spread around re uh tweeted posted shared by you know some pretty big deal journalists so um and um we'll we're gonna discuss that but before we do it i want to kind of like take a, a second. I, I didn't have this plan, but I, I'm I'm wearing. I don't, those of you that are listening to this will not be able to see this, but uh, uh, this is my something awful uh, polo shirt. So uh, Rich Kanka, uh, low tax, as he was known, is dead. He apparently took his own life today, and um, I'm not great at saying poignant things about people, but I mean I did know Rich to an extent. We were kind of. Bullshito was like a sister site to something awful. And, um, I mean, so so much of the actual old internet was. They were related. It, like it, They were sort of a nexus point for anything of that culture at the time, way before social media. And so I just, I, I think it, was, it would be worthy of us to mention it because he's kind of going just, I mean, the dude was, was like a legend. Uh, he had his problems, but he was he was a legend on the internet, and uh, like so much of the culture of the internet is derives from the shit. He he basically created memes uh, back in the day. They were called image macros, so text on a picture, and to uh, to get the point across very simply. And uh, I mean, just there's so many things. Uh, 4chan was his inadvertent creation by banning Moot, who was the founder of 4chan, for being a creepy little shit. Uh, on the anime forums on something awful so uh, there's just there's just so many things that are like interwoven with the the old school internet that pre smartphones and and I know I'm going on a rant here but um, it, it really was a wild west and if you think of it like that smartphones and apps and you know Facebook and Twitter were like the railroad and telegraph and barbed wire fence that that came in and tamed it and made it so that every person could go on and just have the cuddly safe experience. And uh, that's not the internet that we're used to or kind of came up on. So 
I mean, pour one out for for your your homie. Uh, press F to pay respects. But that, yeah. Uh, Lotex is dead. So, so so much of the culture, internet culture, we take for granted started in that Wild West, which yep. he was a very big part of. There were others, but but yeah, yeah. Those of us who are remember old enough to remember those days, dude was a legitimate genius. Uh, I mean, comedic genius. I would almost go so far as to say, like the uh, Andy Kaufman of the internet of internet humor comedy, uh, conflicted. Just like every genius, he he had issues, and uh, the last couple of years of his life were rough. So he definitely was not a saint. And uh, I mean, he ended up before he he died, uh, getting the whole website like sort of taken from him. And I don't know all the details. I don't want to speculate on it, but. Um, yeah, uh, last I remember, his wife, his ex-wife, posted the confirmation that he was dead, and she wasn't going to post it apparently because, except for the fact that uh, Rich's family blamed her to some extent for his death, uh, and it was a big messy divorce and a custody battle and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I mean, he took his own life apparently with a gun, and that was just this morning. So, speaking of taking lives. Because I am the king of segues here. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse. Transition. Yeah, yeah. So dead people um, and shot people. Uh, so I, I'm going to let you do this, and I'm going to switch over uh, to the video feed and and do like producery shit. Because I probably won't have enough to say. I see Sub is on here, and he um, he might have a couple couple observations to chime in with. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. First of all, uh, happy Veterans Day to you guys. Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah, now that um, we've put a date on this, I'm going to have to get the podcast out in a timely uh, manner. <laughs> Fuck. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I've been watching the uh, the trial on and off all week. I don't know if you guys have. Uh, it's it's a shit show. I have not. Uh, particular shit show. You know. I'm going to bow out and let the two of you discuss it for the most part and just click on buttons. Okay, you do that. So, so yeah, I, I wish Derek was here because I'd, I'd like to hear his take on some of this stuff. But, um, you know, I guess at a high level, it seems to me like from the very opener, uh, the prosecution was trying to lose the case. Uh, and it's just been a complete shit show. Like, I can't count how many times that the judge has had the jury leave the room. Like, these, this jury has... Lice today. Yeah, exactly. And it was like seven times yesterday. They've got more exercise than they've got actual trial. Because every time the prosecution says something even remotely um, questionable, the judge just has everyone leave. And then he yells at him for like 10 minutes. It's, it's amazing and astounding to watch. And not particularly out of character for that judge. Uh, one of the, the bad takes, I'm going to call it a bad take. And if people want to disagree with me, they can come find me. Um, is that somehow this judge is is on the side of Rittenhouse? Verse um, that suddenly I've forgotten the name of, where they analyzed his courtroom and his previous court you know, and his previous cases, and they talked to a bunch of other um, defense attorneys who worked under him, and they said that this is how he is in all cases. This is classic Schroeder. He's um, a bit of a nut, uh, but he, but he's a stickler for things that other judges aren't sticklers for. Um, one of the one of the bad takes, like oh, they're not, he's not permitting the prosecution to refer to the 
two uh, dead individuals and the one wounded individual as victims because it presumes guilt. Um, and, and the bad take going around is that, well, this, you know, he's, he's helping the, the defense um, by doing that. And that's fairly standard practice in a lot of courtrooms lately. It's a bit of a newer practice. If Derek was here, he'd correct me on that, I'm sure. But you, the Amer American jurisprudence, is it is now considered bad form to use language that presumes guilt of, of the defendant. Um, and well, it's very fair. standard for, for Schroeder. And, he's been, and, he, and, and they interviewed a bunch of other prosecutors and, and, and defense attorneys in his court, and they said he's always been this way. He's always not allowed to do it. Uh, but then they say, well, well but he's allowing the, the defense to refer to, the, to the, the, the individuals who were shot as rioters or looters or arsonists. And they leave out the asterisk, which is he said they could do that if they could prove they were doing those things. To that point, the defense has not referred to Gage Crosskreutz um, and the other two gentlemen whose names suddenly escape me. Um, Rosenbaum was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they haven't referred to them as anything other than the individuals who were shot or the individuals in question. Uh, they haven't called them arsonists or looters that anyone has noted, I believe. We can, we can check the transcripts. So that's one of the takes that's been going around is that he's somehow on Rittenhouse's side, when in truth it looks like he's just a bit of a nutty judge, but he does this to everyone, um, which I feel is fair. All right, it, it, The fact that he's a nutty judge is, is a bit disconcerting, but it, he appears to be always this way. Um, and the other one, um, the other bad take being uh, played God Bless the USA by Lee Greenfield. Look that song in 1980. The judge is 75 years old. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a stretch. It's a stretch to say uh, he's obviously a, a hardline Trumper because he had the Lee Greenfield song as his... Uh, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But let's, let's do better than that. You know, let's... let's... I mean, as long as he is giving at least the appearance of being fair as a judge, then who cares what his political leanings are, right? Yeah, and it's a nutty kind of fair, which I think is a problem here, not because what he's doing is wrong, because everyone looks at it and be like, robo-judge. A guy, a guy or gal sits there and just law, not law, personality. Um, this is the well, I wrong... think he's got plenty of personality. <laughs> well, I think this is the wrong trial to have as much personality as he does. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, he's doing a bad job being a judge. I've been reading over it all day. Um, but if we don't this is kind of an important trial to make sure that all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. This um, is the most watched trial, I think, since OJ. Since OJ. Yeah, so, you know, that's 25, how long, what was that, 93? 94? Yeah, 93 was the trial, I think, yeah, 92. Yeah. So but it's, it, been a, it's, been a, it's been a minute <laughs> since we've had anything this big. And the big thing that happened today was Schroeder <laughs> went, went off. And I, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, um, Schroeder, um, was the prosecution was warned once for doing something that is law school 101 bad. He questioned Rittenhouse and he said about the fact that Rittenhouse did not speak to the press or police after he got arrested. He lawyered up and he shut up. This is the first time any of Rittenhouse's testimony, his version of events is coming out at all. 
Uh, and if Derek was here, he could correct me. Um, a high personality judge and many, many other bloggers and lawyers online and places I've looked, you don't get to imply amendment rights. Hmm. Big no-no. Big problem. He got warned about it once, and then within 120 seconds of getting the warning, hit him with another question. They rephrased the question, tried to get him to do it again. At that point, Schroeder kicked the jury out of the room and lit that prosecutor up. Like right. So I think what he was trying to do there was to to elicit a response, an emotional response that the jury would keep in their mind, even though they're not supposed to. You know, yep. it's that kind of uh, trickery that goes on in these things. Yeah, and I don't know what the prosecution's doing, and I've been reading a lot on it and looking around and talking with people. Uh, I don't Sam Brown, know what he's doing either? <laughs> I don't think I don't think the prosecution knows what they're doing. It's like, hey, um, you know, it's like hot potato <laughs> before they started the fucking trial, and uh, they just threw these guys under the bus. And uh, they're out there now having to make, you know, uh, you know, uh, bologna sandwich out of uh, dog shit. It's yeah, I, you're exactly right. Imagine now I'm going to go to the other side and imagine you're this poor prosecutor. And you know that if they do not overcharge the hell out of this kid, you're going to get murdered in the court of public opinion. Everyone wants Rittenhouse hung for murder. Oh, well, added, not everyone. They added two charges today, by the way. At the end of the not everyone, but I'm, I'm speaking in, with, with an element of hyperbole here. Yes. There is, there is a frothing mob that wants Rittenhouse hung for murder. And there's, in their defense, there's a lot of reasons to want him hung for murder. Is that but, even an option? I mean, just, I mean, not hyperbole, but like the death penalty. And if so, what is the, do we know what that is? No, his... Uh, he's looking at life in prison if he goes down for um, his, his chief, ch the, the, the heaviest charge he has is first degree intentional homicide. Okay. Um, Which there's no way they, there's no way they can ever get that. It, it was a blatant overcharge. Right. Um, uh, absolutely blatantly overcharged. And once again, I am not a lawyer, so I could be talking entirely crazy. I wish Derek was here. Um, but it feels like an overcharge, and I am not the only person who, who is noticing that. But if we remember a certain George Zimmerman hmm. and a few other notable examples where the prosecution is almost compelled to overcharge because it's an unwinnable case anyway. So if you're going to go out, you go out swinging as hard as you can so at least the public knows you took your swing. Yeah, and then and the, you didn't, that you didn't the abandon heat them. goes on the judge or whoever is responsible for yeah, or, Decision. Or that idiot jury, or, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, um, because a prosecutor in this situation, what do you do? All right, I'm going to pull every dirty trick I know that I think might work, and I'm just going to hang on for dear life. Yeah. And that's all he's doing. He's, maybe he's trying. Like, part of me wonders, is he trying to piss this judge off? If he's constantly arguing with the judge and fighting with the judge, when he loses this, and I think it's a foregone conclusion he will, um, that it's going to look like the judge was the problem, not him. The problem, the, the, the further problem, the problem at least that I'm noticing and that I think a lot of other people are, and we can you know, talk about that, is that the prosecutor is almost too desperate. He should not have brought up why Kyle 
remained silent after he got arrested. For anyone listening to this podcast or watching my dumb bald face right now, if you get arrested, I don't care how innocent you are, you shut up and you lawyer up and you yeah. stop talking. Uh, yeah, Neil, I mean, you're down in Texas. I mean, if you carry a firearm, first thing they tell you, do not talk. Yeah. You are. So the fact that Rittenhouse did exactly that should not ever be brought up. It should not be brought up. It's not supposed to be brought up. There are rules about bringing it up. And the lawyer, I broke him twice in three minutes. It was, it was, it was astounding to watch. Yeah. Yeah, we have a comment from the, um, the, the live stream from, uh, oh, our friend, uh, Roydy McDouchebag. He chimed, in. He chimed in to, uh, he was a guest on our uh, episode about, of all things, shockingly, steroids. Um, but he had, he was like, "What wasn't Chauvin uh, a, a bigger deal than this? Uh, I mean, yeah. maybe. Man makes a point. But this is the deal that is now, and we have the attention span of a fruit fly as a culture, so <laughs> who fucking You're not wrong, Roydy. You're not wrong. Yeah. And then he also added in, there are no fun execution methods anymore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to unpack that what? anymore. What, 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 which state is it that's uh, bringing back um, uh, execution by firing squad? It's like Georgia or North Carolina or something Oklahoma, like that. Oklahoma, who, who knows? Because, I mean, that's... No, I think that they're enjoying putting people to death with the uh, painful uh, paralysis cocktail of hell chemicals uh, that, you know, is supposed to be uh, very peaceful and uh, humane for the audience. When it works. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Futurama joke. I, I just ripped that off, so it's, I can't take credit for that. No credit then. So yeah, so that's that's some of the drama that's been happening in the courtroom, and yeah, it, it, the question is not how hard is a prosecution trying to win the case, but are they deliberately trying to lose it? I don't think so. I, I think they know they're going to lose. Uh, it doesn't thrill me that that this kid is going to walk on everything, but I think he's going to. Um. You know, uh, I think I, the, I, think I knew uh, at, at the end of the article I wrote, I pretty much alluded to that. I was like, I don't know what you can charge him with that's going to stick, except so for maybe think, possession of that rifle. Yeah, so I think that is the one that they've maybe got some stuff with. Uh, and the way that I understand it is that he would have been legal to have air the rifle at his age in that state under adult supervision. But, that, yeah, there's this other clause that um, talks about whether or not he needed to have uh, the hunting course and the hunting license granted. Uh, and so there's some question as to whether or not that's, if it was only in the course of actually hunting, right? Well, if I was just, if I was just taking a rifle to go plinking, why would it. I need a hunting course, right? Well, he did have adult supervision because the police had his back, so they were, you know... They, they were, you know, parents for him, I guess. In a and he had uh, Sal and Sam or whatever, the, the two owners of the... Uh, car dealership. Uh, of the car dealerships. Uh, didn't... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You're going you're gonna to have to do the reasonable person test on what is and is not supervision for 17-year-olds with rifles. Now, I don't have any 17-year-olds, but I have a 12-year-old, and I have rifles, and I know what I consider adult supervision... Yeah, and I mean I the elephant. 
literal elephant and well, the literal figurative elephant in the room is are all the people that are like, yeah, you should have gone down to that, and I want to go down. And they're they're looking up to him as a hero because he he went to the to the riot to to put his you know I don't know Second Amendment rights into practice, defending the property of people who never asked him to do it in the first place. But he, a lot of people are living vicariously through this chubby little child, uh, and that's kind of scary. So, well, I hope I hope they all saw him bawling on the stand like a girl, then like an eleven-year-old girl. Well, I didn't see I that. I saw that. there was a tear. There was a tear, but it was it a crocodile tear? I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I thought his breakdown was genuine. I, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was so far over his head the minute he walked up to that burning dumpster. How ironic is that, by the way? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> 2020. I think, I think there was a moment where he thought he was, where he was living this this fantasy that that I am. You know, if this was a court of law, I wouldn't be able to say any of this because I'm now starting to to um, speculate on what's going on in his head. But I've seen a few of this type of person, and and if he follows the mold, he was living a fantasy. He had his rifle strapped. He had his his, his first aid kit kit strapped to his arm. He had on you know fatigues and boots. He probably thought were combat boots, but weren't. <laughs> um, he you know he had all of this, and he was in his moment. And the dumpster was on fire, and he was going to go put out the fire. There's a very very post adolescent superhero fantasy going on here, and it's powerful stuff because he's in the moment. The adrenaline is real. He doesn't feel fear yet. He doesn't feel the danger yet. And then there's a moment where he felt the fear and the danger, and you can see it in the videos, and you can see him completely collapse all that night in Kenosha. The whole sordid event that that began the moment he encountered, I believe it was Rosenbaum, to the moment police let him escape, and let's just call that what it is, they let him escape. Um, he was ruled entirely by uh, terror. At no point was he in control of anything. At no point, and, and, and there's a moment where he was no longer living that fantasy. And then when he got away from it, and people started telling him how cool he was, he was able to get some of it back. <laughs> but sitting in a courtroom with a mean judge and a, you know, uh, prosecutors and, and, and everyone understanding that the rest of his life is online, I think the fear came back. <laughs> it's hard to relive those events. It's hard. It's easy to get away from them. A few weeks goes by. A few months goes by. You get over it. You move on. You start to only remember the good parts, the fun parts. Um, the Proud Boys telling you what a good guy you are. Things like that. Uh, but I think, I think his breakdown was real because I think he was legitimately terrified. He's a fucking 17-year-old kid. I mean, yeah. probably that's his first real taste of adrenaline ever. And that, that is like one of the... I mean, it's he put himself into combat. So... You you don't have a bigger adrenaline dump and uh, post uh, adrenaline like I don't know uh, fatigue than than yeah. shooting someone. Oh man, um, multiple summons. Yeah. Hey, so um, let me just quickly introduce. Uh, joining us audio only is a man that spends all day of his work day in a courtroom and has two sons that are adept uh, rifle shooters. Beaker. <laughs> Hey guys, I don't know if you can hear me or not. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, yeah, I'm just walking around. I can't. I got a little bit of time. Not that anything I have to say is very important, but 
like I'm looking for my car keys now because I walked in the door from hunting, speaking of rifles, and my kids were here, and I'm like, oh, look, both my kids are here. I'll cook them dinner, and they're about to tell you the football banquet's tonight. So I'm going to a football banquet if I can find my keys that I threw someplace as I walked in, ripping my hunting clothes off. <laughs> anyway, sounds like you guys are pretty far into it. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you know, feel free to chime in with any of your opinions. You don't have to. We're not following any kind of uh, uh, notes okay. here on. Like, sure. I'm going sure. to take a little softer view on Mr. Rittenhouse. One, he's a he's a dumbass, but I mean, he's a 17 year old dumbass who's been failed by his parents, failed by his mom, his dad, all the whoever the cops were that were pumping him up and to be a volunteer firefighter and police junior cadet probably with you know his best interest in mind and he really he really screwed the pooch but i i think he'll you know i think he i think i'll just i'm not gonna have a lot of time but i think he legitimately defended himself he shouldn't have been in that situation but that's not a ah oh, there my keys are son of a bitch I, I, it's not an excuse, but you know, he was there, and the way things worked out, he probably is going to get off. I think he should. I, the weapons charge, they should get him on, of course. But as far as shooting people, it's stupid. I mean, that's kind of the consensus, I think, uh, amongst yeah, among people who who've really, really been looking into it. And regardless of your opinions on Rittenhouse as a human being, which are many and varied, right. um, he, he should probably get off on all the shoot. I, I don't see any way any any of the, the shots he fired weren't self-defense um they they all seem to meet every classical definition of self-defense um, yeah somebody's putting a block at their face you can probably shoot them you know and you know, he didn't he did not shoot the first individual until a gunshot had been fired yep uh, no, so anyway, I, don't want it, I don't want it to seem like i'm excusing the mass of someone let one fly from the crowd. I think they identified that guy. pointed out. I believe they identified the guy who 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 set one off into the air. Uh, near as I can tell, just for funsies. Um, but that's when Kyle turned around, and I believe that's when he shot Rosenbaum. Um, yeah. So yeah. So one of the things that's come out at trial that really hasn't been covered in the media was Rosenbaum carrying this. Well, I was going to say it's a six foot chain, but I guess the guy's only five foot three, so maybe it's a five foot chain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, so he threw his bag at Rittenhouse, and then he's got this big hefty chain that he's coming after this kid with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's that's potentially a deadly weapon, and like grievous bodily harm. That's a threshold. Yeah. 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 Well, I think yeah. it varies by state, right? Yeah, but most of them, it, it's some version of, of, of grievous bodily harm being the threshold for lethal, lethal uh, force. Lethal yeah, okay. yeah, I know if you hit somebody with a chain and double dragon, you know, I mean, they the, they start blinking and going away. So They will blink and disappear. <laughs> yeah. I believe that's how it works in real life as well. Yep. Yeah. But if you, eat a, if you eat a turkey that's laying on the ground, you'll be fine. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Should have used jump kicks instead of an AR-15. <laughs> Huh. Well, I, I think anybody these these guys are they're stupid. Somebody's got an AR-15 with a thirty-round mag in it, 
and you, you're going after him. I mean, like the golden whatever, whatever the guy's name was that got his bicep blown off. He's running beside him. Are you an active? Did you shoot somebody? I mean, I'm like, I am out of here. I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to try and take someone down that's armed like that, you yeah. know. There's an absolutely not. spectacular chain of stupidity, stupidity that caused all of this to happen. Uh, I had yeah. never observed anything like it in my life. That's why I wrote the Yeah, and the guy, the, 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 child, the, guy that, the chomo guy that got killed, the little tiny five-foot-three guy, I guess, right? The, yeah, he... I think, I mean, that guy was nuts. He was, I, I wouldn't be surprised on meth or something, the way he was acting. It he was, was he was think you just got out of the hospital that morning. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? A dude was like, you out that up because they talk about the Judge Schroeder. Everyone talks about how he was helping the defense, helping the defense. He also refused to let any questioning pertain to Rosenbaum's mental state, the fact that he had been admitted, the fact that he did have mental health issues. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter because because Rittenhouse yeah, didn't know that. But that that same judge, everyone said was was favoring Rittenhouse, also would not let the defense even bring that up. And you know damn well the defense wanted to. Oh yeah, the difference yeah, I think is the defense. That's, really, that's a pretty clear. I mean, I've been in court a lot. I've seen I've seen that. That's that made total sense. The judge isn't on anybody's side. What's happening is there's a bunch of idiots that have, one, aren't attorneys. I'm not an attorney. I don't even pretend to be one on the internet, by the way. I'm just in court a lot with my job. And I've been in evidentiary hearings for all kinds of gross, horrendous things, including murders. And, you know, the rules of evidence are very strict and can be a little arcane. And most people... Uh, most people will say, well, yeah, that should be evidence. It's like, no, it pre it's prejudice, too prejudicial, whatever. I'm not going to get into the technical terms, but, but you know, I'm seeing stuff all over the Internet where people are basically, you know, oh, the judge is, and it's like, no, the judge is doing standard stuff. Yeah. And they always argue about it. The, the attorneys, you have motions in limine, you have motions, uh, you have a, uh, you have evidentiary motions where they decide all of this ahead of time, what they're going to let in and what they're not. And uh, anyway, I'll shut up. No, now. no, no, you're, you're right. And this is something that we, we keep coming back to with every single huge story that affects culture where everybody's going to have an opinion on it. The number of people who feel like they should have an opinion on it and should be taken seriously for their opinion. Um, is contrasted with the number of people among them who actually know what the fuck they're talking about because the like when it came to covid the number of people that understood epidemiology and virology and things like that versus the number of people who wanted to have an opinion on how shit should go that created half the damn problem and so when Kyle Rittenhouse walks out there and goes back to his you know suburban life um, and the city is being burned down, it will be because of this gap in how people understand what our systems do and how they work versus what they right. think they should be and how they think they should work. Right. Yeah, most people would just assume Towson hanging from a tree probably would be my guess. 
That's how we used but to do it. What too. I've been reading on the internet, which is, and you know, but anyway, like craziness. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm in the the minority here. Well, I, I there's some people. Just just wait. I can guarantee you that there's people that are waiting for a not guilty verdict, and they've already got their rioting and burning plans already worked out. Oh yeah, so, no, I'm, I'm they're sure already camped, they're already camped out. I'm sure. And on both sides, though. I mean, if you think about it, but the number, like, during the the actual riots that that took place that started all this crap, one, somebody will have to fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure this is true. The only people who actually killed police officers were the ones on the right trying to instigate bigger riots. The only police officer officer fatalities in those. And and please check me on this, because I I would rather be fact checked and corrected than, than be in the wrong but i'm i'm very reasonably sure that's what happened and so the there's people on the right or on the written house pro shoot a rioter side whatever you want to call it that are also on standby i guarantee that there's a bus full of uh like dirty ass proud boys about you know just raring to go and some some hillbillies you know with their deer rifles also suited up in their their chinese knockoff uh, plate carriers uh, they're stuffing their guts into and you know ready to waddle their asses out onto the streets looking for some trouble and so we're going to have another shebang and we'll see how that goes i'm just mm-hmm. glad i'm not in the national guard up there yeah hey guys i got to go i'm headed i'm at my location have a good time i'll catch you again later all right Bye-bye. thanks speaker later see you bigger <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to, to circle back then, and I think a lot of Beaker's impressions are, are, are dead accurate. You know, the, the sheer amount of clerical uh, and administrative crap that goes on in a courtroom that most of us will never understand uh, gets lost in these internet discussions. It gets lost in the, in the, the fire and fury and brimstone of a, of a good old-fashioned lynching. Yep. Um, and the people that and, watch... They get their impressions of how the legal system works from fucking law and order, and therefore have this uh, this skewed understanding of shit. Um, they're the worst. You got to wrap it up in an hour, man, with commercials. Yep. Yeah, and there uh, it's people who know just a little bit, and maybe half of that is wrong. Make for the worst participants in any discussion, which is why I, I keep. I mean, one of the things I harp on all the time is sort of the, like an epistemic or just humility when it comes to understanding what the fuck is going on. It's like, I'm not a lawyer. And, and I, the fact that all of us have that in this conversation said this it is good. It is how discussion should carry on because you don't hear people say, I'm not a virologist, but I think you sh- I'm not an immunologist, but that mRNA vaccine going to turn my kids into turtles or something. Man, fucking shut the fuck up. <laughs> And here's the point that you say, you know, every time we say, I am not a lawyer, um, that gives the listener, the viewer, permission to disregard everything we say afterwards, which is good. Please, please disregard what we're saying. Check us. Yes. Yeah. Go to a lawyer. Your own independent thoughts. Yes, exactly. Go to a lawyer and say, this scruffy bald schmuck on a crappy podcast said a dumb thing that I think is dumb. Was it dumb? And that lawyer may say, yes, that is a moron. And I hope he does. 
I hope he does. I don't want to it, It's one thing to have a conversation about it. Just be honest about your limitations on your subject matter expertise. You can have an opinion on literally anything. It's fine. It's great. Have an opinion on yeah. vaccines. But when somebody provides you correct information that contradicts your opinion, I could swallow it. Take it. Take it. Smear it all over your face. I mean, not to be crude about it, but you know. No, no, he went there. Whatever gets it into your fucking, you know, head. I don't, I don't care how to explain it, man. This One of my best friends is a is a PharmD, worked in research. He's got, he's got more degrees than a thermometer. And I love talking vaccines. And he's like, shut up and get the shot, you moron. He's like, I got them all. I am literally an expert <laughs> on pharmacology, and I got them all. He's like, I can tell you how to make them. I can make them in my basement. I got them all. That's rad. Okay, that's all. Yeah. I've got one more to add to my oh, bingo dude. card, and then, then I'm like so vaccinated, I'm just going to give off free Wi-Fi signal. Uh, it, it'll yeah. be great.